the Jewish Divorce Project. Because marriage doesn't always work out and chicken soup doesn't always help. Yeah. I just ask you a dating question. Sure. Um, do you think there's, like, how do you think women respond? If, if, okay, so you're a woman with children, right? Clearly, yeah. we've been over this. Mm-hmm. I realize every woman's different, but do, um, do you have a preference in terms of guys that you're attracted to? Like, do you find guys who also have kids to be more attractive? Or do you think you're looking for a guy who doesn't have kids? That's a layered question. I know. There's a lot there. I'm, I don't know if attracted is the right word for it, but I'm definitely looking, like there's definitely a difference with somebody who has kids and somebody who doesn't has kids. I, I feel like they get a part of my life um, that somebody who doesn't have kids doesn't get. And it makes me feel, I've, I've dated guys who don't have kids and it creates a lot of guilt on my end. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like I can't give you everything. I feel very bad. And then that creates the conflict, not even necessarily from their end, but on my end that I'm expecting their disappointment in me because they're mm-hmm. not where I am in life. Um, also my kids are such a big part of my life. I, kind of want to see how that looks on a guy already. Like if, if I'm forward thinking and thinking about something long-term, I don't want to be uh, the test drive. <laughs> I don't want my kids to be like the first introduction to fatherhood. I want to see what that looks like. And fatherhood, the way somebody interacts with their children is so indicative of their character. So for me, it's like a litmus test of, of your true nature. Like we can go on a date and you can woo me and we can have this great romantic fun time, but how do you act with your kids? How do you act when you're under pressure? And Honestly, I've never even been there. Like I've never, the most serious relationship I had with somebody who didn't have kids. So I never even got to a place where I saw somebody with their kids. Um, Sometimes you overhear people on the phone talking about their kids or to their kids. But I think it's, um, it's, it is, I guess, I guess like in the most surface level, I am attracted to guys with kids. What about you? Um, I think, yeah. I mean, I think at least at the surface level, I'm, I'm more attracted to, to women who have kids for that very same reason. I think um, I certainly also like the idea of more kids in my family. Um, I know I also have like bandwidth concerns about like, what does it mean to be a stepdad to someone when I already have my own kids? And I've certainly also thought about the idea of, you know, there's nothing absolute about that. You could fall in love with someone who doesn't have kids and have a baby with them, right? That's certainly possible. And But that idea of bandwidth also comes up, I think, much uh it comes up bigger in that scenario than it does in the scenario of meeting someone who already has kids. My assumption is that someone who already has kids, they probably also already have a father in their life. And I'm very much okay with being a, 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 a good parent and a parental figure, right. And all that stuff. But I don't think I need to replace anyone as their father, unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, that helps me deal with the bandwidth thing, knowing that someone like, even if I did marry someone who had kids, they would still have a father and they would get a lot of what they needed from that person even if I was in their life, right? I mean, that's essentially what we're talking about. Um, and I would just worry about like what my, my own boys would think about that because they are such a, a high priority to me. Um, but again, I'm much more sensitive to that if I made a baby with someone as opposed to brought in someone other's kids into my own life. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, for the same reasons, I'm, I'm the same way as you in terms of just on a general attraction like them, understanding my life and my schedule and being patient with it in that way, um, being respectful of it in that way, and, and also knowing how they are with their kids because I'd want to know how they would be with my kids, right? And again, I'm not looking for someone to replace their mother. Tamar does a great job of being their mother. Um, but, I am, but obviously this person would need to be parental and that takes on a completely different role altogether. Um, that's more than just being, you know, like a camp counselor or a teacher or something. There's, there's love involved in that, even if you're not that child's mother. Um, on, on the flip side, not a flip side, but I work with a lot of kids clinically and it is a little bit scary about what you're bringing into your family and what other kids, especially kids in a divorce have gone through and then what how that's going to affect the dynamic of your family. Um, mm. You know, once you are a step parent, you have to be a parent. You have to step up to the plate and you're stepping in, not from the beginning, you know, maybe a 10 year old, a 12 year old, a 15 year old. And that's not an easy relationship to build. So somebody with like, definitely when I'm swiping on apps and I see has kids, that's definitely a plus. I get way more excited. Like, yeah, kids. But then the logistics of that long-term probably are pretty challenging hmm. because they also have kids because they have kids um it's it, it's not a black and white in either way you know there was something really appealing about being with somebody who didn't have kids and it's like great you'll just come and be a part of our family like you know there was not i don't have to integrate this whole other family and figure out figure out how my kids are going to interact with their kids and what if they hate me what if there's a bad relationship between kids and then you have this whole other you know second marriage is hard enough as it is and then you're adding this whole other component of the children getting along yeah yeah i think the answer is celibacy <laughs> ultimately in life just back out of the game but it's altogether. like my mother's always told me it seems like my mother really has been right about everything just let's go back to celibacy just stay home <laughs> <laughs> why bother why bother it doesn't matter it's just too complicated anyway it's complicated to get in touch with people it's complicated to connect with them it's complicated to build a relationship you know what stay home this is what netflix is for this is what the whole isolation for. pandemic is about this exactly. is what it is exactly it's too complicated with kids without kids i don't know all right let me ask you one more question just about the dating thing as well and uh yeah what what do you think the impression is to women who have kids right? About guys who don't have kids. Like, what do you wonder about them? Because I, when I meet women who don't have kids, I think you just okay. froze. No, no, um, I'm paying attention. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I meet I'm, I'm, I'm filling this scenario in my brain. Okay. I'm visualizing. I, Go when ahead. When I meet women who don't have kids, and this may just be me, right? My interpretation is she just didn't meet the right person. She probably has really high standards and she wasn't willing to settle. Or maybe it just didn't work out. Okay, so what is my judgment when I meet a guy around my age who has not had kids? There definitely is judgment uh, to some degree. First of all, there's judgment based on my the belief system I was raised with. Of like, what are you doing as a 40-year-old? You don't have kids, you're not married. You should married. have had kids 20 years ago by now. You should be a <laughs> what grandfather. What is wrong with you? Um, there's, there's that. You should be but, a great grandfather by now if you're 40. It depends what they're... So, most people, how do I say this? <laughs> um, it depends what your reason is, right? Yeah. 
yeah. and so and and how have you lived your life to kind of circumvent I don't know if I'm going to say the challenges of not having kids because most people say having kids is a challenge, but we're just kind of programmed in a way developmentally to be a, be a child, then individuate, be a teen, and then kind of seek relationship and then build your own family. We, we do have um, programming for that development direction. So if you just kind of neglect that end part of it, it does have some effect on your development, but that's not always um a stamp it's not always doesn't it doesn't always mean you're going to be you're going to be missing something if you don't have kids or if you don't have relationship but what have you done to develop as you grow older if you're not developing with having kids like having children just makes you so aware on a whole different level and it you really, grow in incredible you, ways exactly yeah. so what have you made what what have you built your life to be if it's not around children and children doesn't have to be the answer but you do have to have a good answer what have you tried to create or generate in some form of your life like it gets to a point where okay you've been able to do something what do you have to show for it i guess is what you're trying to say yeah so for example yeah. the the guy that i went out with um didn't have kids he was very very relationship oriented he spent the first you know his 20s and 30s pretty much very devoted to his career building up his career and dating women seriously, you know, he would be in long-term serious relationships, but just kind of never met the one, but he is such a relationship oriented person. I've never met anybody like that, where he, his friendships, his family, uh, the people in his life, he's been in touch with people from years and years beforehand. And that became his, his character development of maintaining those relationships and, and growing through that experience. So he was a very normal person. <laughs> even without kids. That doesn't sound so impressive. I mean, I don't mean to be disparaging of a guy I haven't even met, but like the fact that he has relationships, isn't that just normal? Isn't that just human? Well, first of all, his the other things in his life are impressive, but we're talking about character development when you don't have children to help you develop. And the way that he navigates relationships is very impressive. I've never seen anything like that. Where, I see. Okay. Um, to me, okay. it was a, it was a, I don't know, maybe because it's an area that I'm not strong in. So it was just to see how someone can um, prioritize relationship mm. was okay. very, I found to be rare and impressive. Speaking of relationships, since it's a new year and we're talking about going into a new year and making the most of it, have you thought about ever kind of if and when you get married again, if that is something you wanna do, right? Or do find yourself in something intense, like a marriage, like a really deep long-term relationship, even if it isn't marriage. Have you ever thought about like what you would want to do differently or what new things you would want to bring to that marriage or relationship? Yes. What would I bring differently into a marriage? I, the way I communicate mm. um, and time spent together. So making sure that the relationship is a priority and setting up some way to measure that success. So is it a daily check-in? Is it a weekly check-in, a weekly date? Is it, um, how are we monitoring our relationship as if it's its own existence and not just expecting our relationship to grow and things to be okay and things to work themselves out, but to be actively involved in the relationship as if it's this separate entity, it's me, him and the relationship. Yeah. That's what I would do differently. How about you? 
I, uh, I, I would be similar to you. Uh, communication is important. I mean, I, I think about where I am now and you and I aren't that different in age, right? We're still in a similar age bracket, but 21. <laughs> right, right. I'm 36. Uh, and, that's odd. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, it's just, I, I don't feel old, but I certainly feel like, you know, being 41, uh, again, I don't feel old, but I, I definitely feel like, all right, I've got, I've lived half a life, right? And I now have a, a second opportunity at life. And there's elements of that that I don't want to screw up, or at least I want to get more right than I did the last time. I want to be able to enjoy them more. I wonder about my career choice in that way. And is, is there opportunity for me to shift without taking on huge amounts of debt again that just kind of weigh around my neck? Um, you know, those things are important to me just in terms of context. I want those same things in a relationship or marriage or whatever comes my way. I want the commitment. I want the joy. I want the support, the unconditional love, the partnership. I mean, all the stuff that I brought beforehand. Um, but like, especially now, since it's, you know, I've been through this once and, you know, I've got a second lease on life. I really, at the very most, I want peace and harmony. Right. Like those are the things that like I want most. If I can figure out I'm really doing how. That. So I that's know, the that's... desire for this value. How, what's the metric or the system to make sure that you you have that? Well, I, I, it's funny you should ask that because I, I talked about that same thing with my therapist. I mean, part of the oh. reason I'm bringing this question up is because it's a question that my therapist brought up and it was really helpful for me. And so I think it could be helpful for other people. But I, I think some of it has to do with boundaries. Um, and setting clear standards of, of what you want and, and knowing the complexity of things. I mean, uh, you know, in order to achieve that peace and harmony, I think you kind of have to make it so it's an environment that everyone wants to be in. Uh, and, I, and I wonder about that. Like, I, it's truly like a shalom bite type of thing. It's, it's how do you create that peace in the household? And it's not easy when, you know, you've got kids who probably want to see both their parents at significant times in their life, like birthdays or holidays. And then if you find yourself in another relationship with someone who potentially also has kids, right? How are they gonna factor into it? And then how do you bring it all together potentially if you're trying to do like this blended family thing? And I think that's something that I think about is that like, I would like a blended family of some kind. I don't know if that means a, a woman without kids, right? And she blends into ours or a woman with kids and she blends into ours, right? I don't know what that looks like necessarily, but you know, if I envisioned a, a Hanukkah, right, three, four years from now, right, I would want, uh, I would want my children there. And if my children wanted Tamar there, I would certainly have her there. And if I, and if I were married, and that person, you know, whatever situation they had in life, obviously, I would want them there to celebrating with us. And at the very least, I would want her and Tamar to be civil, right? Like I, I wouldn't ask them to be friends with one another, but I would want them to be civil. I would want us all to just kind of appreciate the opportunity to, to, to be together, right? To recognize that there is a family element that we could create there. And, and for me, that would be really wonderful if we could all just kind of have that. And then tomorrow we'll get what she needs. I'll get what I need. The boys will get what they need. Hopefully the person I'm with would get what they need and it would all be good for everyone, right? Everyone would be welcome there. Uh, and then tomorrow would leave. Right. And 
I'll go and do my own thing. And that's just what it is, right? Um, that would be really good for me. That would be really wonderful. What does that sound like to you? Well, what, what does it sound like for Tamar? <laughs> I don't know. That's a great question. Right. What does it look like for her? Would that be something that she would want to do? Yeah. I think something that's been interesting for me is to notice the discrepancy in what I want, what I envision and what is reality in my relationship with my ex, which as I've been seeing more clearly is very different from the way that he views things, his perspective on our relationship and what he wants. I mean, we talked about it and we've talked about it in other episodes of even just the birthday. And my vision is let's all have a birthday together. And his vision is absolutely not, you know, yeah. it's, and, and that's been really interesting for me to see the differences in how we view things and what our vision is. And, and I think that that might be something worthwhile examining or even communicating with Tamar. You, you guys do have a pretty decent uh, relationship and can communicate. And what does that look like future oriented when you bring partners in? What does that vision look like? It's funny because I know in just thinking about what I don't want, right? Thinking about, you know, what, what do you do not want? Like, what's your, what's your deal breaker? Absolutely not. I mean, I don't want to fight. I really don't. I have no energy for fighting. Tamara and I fought in our marriage and I'm sure the, I know the boys saw it on occasion. I always felt bad about it. I know she felt bad about it too. And we tried to do things about it. Sometimes it's, you know, you just kind of lose yourself. Um, but I, I don't want that anymore. I have zero energy for it. I really have zero energy for fighting about anything. I'm much more. So I think, do you think you're going to meet somebody that you'll never have disagreements? So is it that you want to change the way you fight? Or do you think you're going to meet somebody that everything is just going to, um, you're just going to compliment each other that well that there's never going to be discord? No, I mean, I'm totally aware of the fact that people challenge each other and that, you know, you're never going to fit perfectly like cogs together and always just compliment each other that way. And that's in fact, not what I want, right? I, I certainly want someone who I feel similar and a kinship to and speak the same languages with, but I'm not looking for someone who's just going to say yes to me all the time and be so completely agreeable. Absolutely not. And nor am I expecting that. And I'm totally capable of working, I think through disagreements and challenges, but I think, um, and I think you're, you're right to pinpoint the idea of way to fight, right? Um, but I don't want to fight, right? Like I don't want to be with someone who's going to bring that out in me. I know that for sure. So right? I would challenge you, Ooh. be more specific about what you don't want. It, don't, fighting is such a vague term. And what part of the fighting do you not want? Well, I'm going to say, I don't want yelling and I don't want shouting, which is certainly something that I can bring to it, right? But I don't want this right. sense of dismissiveness either. Right. In the sense of like, it doesn't matter about the way that you're feeling because this is my experience. Right. It's got to be a mutual understanding. Right. A sense of wanting to understand why the other person is feeling that way. Um, and I think really respecting and understanding that person in that way. I appreciate what you're saying, though, about being more specific about that. Because and look, I, I, <clears throat> pain is part of life. I'm not saying it's the be all and end all of life, but it is part of life. And I don't think there's ways to, I don't know if you can avoid it, but I think you can create an environment in which when pain does come in, right, there are ways to minimize it or at least provide comfort and love in response. And that would be something that I would want is an environment that could sustain circumstances like that.
Yeah, I think it's really helpful to isolate and specific, which comes back to what my vision is, is having a system in place. Then the more specific, and we have the gift in a way of experience. We've, we've tried and, and we, we did a beta test <laughs> and now we have, okay, this is what didn't, didn't work. And the diff, and what, what's so tragic is so often people go from one marriage um, second marriages are actually have a higher failure rate than first marriage because you go straight back into the dynamic. They, they say, like, I don't want this, right? I don't want to fight. I don't want, I don't want this kind of dynamic in my home, but we, they don't get specific about why that happened or what they don't want specifically or how to avoid it. And then we get sucked back into the same pattern. There's no question about that. We, Cause we then there's stepkids. What'd you say? <laughs> that even worse. Cause then there's stepkids. Right. And I would, I, I, and I don't want to get divorced again. I don't know if I said that already, but I don't want to get divorced again. I mean, it really, is, it's an important thing for me. I know absolutely, I don't want to get divorced again. I don't want to have those same fights that I was having. Um, and I definitely don't want to die alone. Those are three kind of absolutes, right? Which are, which That's are- That's on my dating profile. <laughs> I don't want to die alone. <laughs> uh, um, I don't want to die alone. I, I, you know, I, um, there's something in being able to tell your children that relationships don't always work out, but I don't think I could do it again with a second divorce. I, 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 I think I would feel too much. I feel bad enough for my children about the divorce. I feel like I failed them as a parent. I failed them as a husband in that way. Um, and I'm, I don't know how Tamar feels about it, but, um, I certainly feel that way. I feel bad. I feel guilty for it. I feel like, you know, we destroyed a, fixture in their lives there's that image from that movie in and out from pixar and it shows like family island and there's this horrible thing where like family island is breaking and it's crumbling ah! and that's exactly what it felt like i was like their family island is crumbling and i felt inside out or is there another inside out or in and out in and out is the one with um uh about the guy who's gay inside out is the one about your feelings so which one were you referring to? Inside, Inside out. out. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a so Pixar that's... movie about being gay. No, in and out is not a Pixar movie. <laughs> I want to see Klein. that one. It's with Kevin <laughs> Klein and Tom Selleck. Okay. <laughs> it was really good though. And they use Macho Man in that movie. It's a really good well, song. I'd like to see Pixar's version macho, of it. Macho Macho Man. I've got to be a macho man. Anyway, I, I felt terrible and I don't want to feel that terrible again. I mean, and I do want to take it slow. There's no question about it. I, 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 in wanting to make sure that that person is right, I'm not interested in kind of like just falling into another marriage. If I had, you know, the type of perspective now that I had then, I wish I knew what I know now then when I was younger, that would have been a different game altogether. So if your goal is to avoid fighting in a way that dismisses the other person's feelings and leads to yelling and shouting, what do you set up to avoid that? I think for me, I certainly take more patience into it and I take a step back. Certainly something I've learned is that when people bring energy to you, it may not necessarily be anything that you've done, right? It could just be that you showed up and you resemble something, right? That is triggering about them. That's still not you, right? That's all about them. 
And I think the biggest tool that I've learned is being able to step back and say, you know, what's going on, right? Like, what's this really about? And then to not take offense to it, because I think the fighting comes from feeling defensive, from feeling like you're being attacked in some way. And so you bring that out and you say, like, you're not going to attack me that way, right? Or if you're going to attack me, I'm going to attack you. Yeah, there's um, the book, The Four Agreements. Have you read it? I know that one. And um, it's actually, it was, a, was one of the first self-help type of books that I read. And that, that one of the agreements is don't take things personally. And that's been one of my, I would say, motivating guides in, in post-divorce recovery of not taking things personally. Everybody lives in their own sphere and they react from their own feelings and their own hurt and their own vulnerabilities. And then we react to theirs based off of ours. And that's how you would get stuck in these spirals. And when we take a step back and it doesn't have to be so personal, it changes everything. Like, okay, well, what are you, what's going on in your day that you're feeling that way? I hear that. And, and I, I like that book. There's no question about it. It gives you something to think about. I, I don't know if it's always that way. I think people definitely sometimes do things uh, to you that are passive aggressive. That makes you wonder who's actually doing this. And oh, directly we are going to have to have a whole other cool. podcast on this. Yeah, they're doing it, but it's all coming from their own motivating factors, such as their vulnerabilities, their feelings, their thoughts, and the things that have happened to them in the past. It truly has nothing to do with you. It may be happening to you, but it's not about you. That's fair. But when they do it to you, then I think it does become personal, right? That's my point. You interpret it like that. Maybe. Maybe. I hear what you're saying. I really do. It's never really about you. There's it's always never. something going on. That person. It's I'm not never saying really it's always you. easy to get past it, but it is never about you. I don't know. I don't know about that. Sometimes well, people can be jerks. Yeah. And think and it's deliberately all about, about hurting someone else, regardless of anything else that happened in their past life. No. Have you heard the thing hurt people hurt people? No. What's this? Hurt people hurt people. Tell me. Break it down. Hurt people hurt people. Ooh. Yeah. Does that mean everyone in the world is hurt? Yes, exactly. <laughs> in some way. Yeah. Never Sometimes ending. I draw a picture for my clients and it's just circles with the word hurt or pain inside. And I'm like, this is the world. <laughs> just oh. A bunch of circles with hurt inside and we interact and we bump into each other. And then we take it personally because somebody hurt us, but really it's them in their own sphere of pain and hurt. And the more hurt we are, the more we hurt other people. Which is, you know, that's how we express it. Dear God, how do you break that cycle? My God. By not taking things personally. Okay, so if you're not taking it personally, let me go back to our original conversation. What is it then that you want someone else to bring to a new relationship or, or a new marriage with you? You've talked about what you would want to bring. What would you want someone else to bring? interesting because I have a very good life. There isn't a lot that I'm missing in my life. Baruch Hashem. Uh, Baruch, thank the Lord. So <laughs> what, um, which is why when I asked you what you're, if you had a deal breaker, you know, you said no fighting. To me, my deal breaker is complacency. So mm -hmm. I want to be with somebody who brings that extra, a little bit extra to my life of pushing me to be 
better, different, do more. Um, that to me is my deal breaker. Do you live life? Do you, you know, are you passionate about your day to day? Are you looking for ways to improve and ways to change? And I feed off of that. Like that's a really good companionship for me. And that's, that will help me. That, that's worthwhile for me. That's the relationship I'm looking forward to like bring it to the next level. I was thinking about that too and wanting someone who's going to bring out the best in me and wanting to also do that, right? I wouldn't want that to be a one-sided thing. And that's something that actually excites me. There's no question about it. And I think that was missing. I think that may have been initially part of my relationship with Tamar, but I think that ultimately left in some way or we forgot that. And that would certainly be something that I would want in my next relationship. If this is someone that I'm going to do this next chapter of life with, right? I want that person to bring out the, the best in me so that I could feel like I've had the best second life possible. Absolutely. It's a really good question for the second time around because let's assume for the most part, we and most people listening were young when we got married. So our objectives and the things we were looking for was partnership, somebody to raise children with, you know, you build a financial system with them. And now I'm not looking, I, I specifically don't want to marry somebody for them to support me. I'm not looking to be supported by somebody. Um, I already have kids. Um, so it's like a lot of the things that were as part of the initial kind of agreement in the first go around aren't present now. So now the whole other opportunity of what will somebody bring to the table? And I think it's a really good question for people to ask of just um, people are scared to be alone. And then they rush into things to fill that void of being alone. And they're not necessarily getting the things that they want or they need. It's an opportunity to really bring something new and exciting in. And it, it's not a rush to fill the void. That's, that's, that's the dangerous part, I think. You're absolutely right. I didn't even think about that. There's a completely different outlook when you go into marriage for the second time at this stage in life, right? I mean, you very much are thinking completely differently about the person you fall in love with when you're younger and you haven't been this established in your life and gone through those things. Um, you know, do I want to even have children with this person? Could I see myself having children with this person? Can we build our lives together, not having anything really behind us in that way? And it could be that you've spent so much time together. Well, that life has just changed. Maybe parents have died along the way. And so you don't feel so much like, you know, someone's child anymore. I don't know how people, you know, evolve necessarily spiritually, but my point is that the outlook changes just like you're saying, and that you're a completely different person. I mean, it's really funny. There's a scene in Mad Men um, that always gets me. Um, can I share it with you now? Is that okay? I was watching it before we spoke because you it, mean describe it or show it to me. Can I show it to you? And it'll pick up the audio here and, and I'll describe it to you first, right? Don Draper is this, is this ad executive, um, on Madison Avenue. And then, uh, Peggy, um, who's played by Elizabeth Olsen. So Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen, Don Draper is played by John Hamm. Peggy's played by Elizabeth Olsen and she goes missing and he ends up finding her. And his whole thing is that like, he's about freedom in life, right? He's going to live his own life defined by his own rules, right? That's his own thing. Uh, and one thing he tells her, he says, you've got to do whatever you need to do. You've got to get out of here. You've got to move forward um, because it's going to shock you how much this never happened. And that's really important. I think you get things in the rear view and it's so fascinating how it's almost like they never even happened in your life whatsoever because there's so much distance. 
it's amazing. There could be evidence of it, right? I have evidence of a marriage, right? I have two beautiful children who remind me of that. And yet there'll be so much distance. It'll be like, it almost never happened at all. And these children are just going to be in my life. And that's actually very intriguing knowing that like, okay, if, if I could move forward and it'll feel shockingly as if it never really happened at all, that means even if I don't use the word replace, I can put in something new, right? That is just really wonderful in that way. And I think that's why the idea of being with someone who brings out the best in you, right? Really matters because I just don't want to leave it in the rear view, right? I, I want something better. I want something new and improved, that sort of thing. Hmm. I love it. Thank you. New and improved. New and improved. Like 2021. Right. <laughs> that different from 2020. <laughs> Hopefully. What do you think uh, your kids want from it though? From, oh, my kids have been very clear that they do not want me to remarry. Really? Yeah. Wow. Have they said why? <laughs> they like, they like what we've got going on. Mm. Um, also, I was very, for better or worse, I don't, I don't really know, but I was, I had a very clear separation between my family life and my dating life and mm. didn't really introduce them to really anyone. <laughs> um, to me, it was very important, especially initially that they not be introduced to anybody that they don't, they, they wouldn't just have more chaos or like, in the, you know, unless I was a hundred percent sure someone was sticking around for the long run, what's the, what's the goal. And then it just kind of became practice that my dating life was private and I wasn't really introducing men to them, even though at this point, I think it, it would be beneficial for them to see me in a relationship and to see that interaction and to know that that's part of moving on and, and that, uh, you know, a relationship is okay and it doesn't detract from my relationship with them and for them to see a healthy relationship would be positive. But I think in their minds, they can't envision a reality or a scenario where there's a live-in husband with possible yeah. step-siblings. Yeah. I think that sounds like a nightmare to them. And I get that. Mm. I don't know how my kids would respond to step-siblings. Um, I think they would probably actually want, yeah, they would probably want siblings. They love being around their cousins and things like that and other kids. So they would probably want something like that. How um, many bedrooms do you have in your house? I mean, right now I've got like two and a half. Okay. So imagine that you're still in your house and you bring in a, a wife with two <laughs> or three kids. Yeah, that's a, that's a circus having right them there. Around? <laughs> there. That's a circus right there. You know, there's no question about it. And who gets what toys and who owns what space and who gets what attention and who does what this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, there's, there's no question about it, I think. And I, and, you know, I know my eldest Judah already has, he, he certainly, he's upset about the divorce. I know Elijah is too. Um, you know, Elijah constantly says things like, I wish you weren't divorced. Um, mm -hmm. Judah, you know, still has some trouble kind of saying goodbye and whatnot when I drop him off. Um, uh, and he also, you know, acts out from time to time and says, you know, things off the cuff that, you know, you would expect a child who's hurt and doesn't know how to articulate themselves fully would say. So I wonder about that. Like they talk about me being on the dating scene and I don't think they really understand all of what it's about, um, but I've largely kept it separate from them. And uh, yeah, I mean, 
I, I wonder how they would respond to that if they found me in a relationship and, and saw me in that way, saw with my attention directed in another way, um, or saw us doing something with that woman, right? Um, or with her and her kids, um, you know, and how they would respond to that and thinking about it. I, I wonder, I really do wonder. I think, first of all, with your kids, it is relatively soon after the divorce, but I think a key factor is a slow progression. Oh, sure. Just a slow, I think a lot of people just are excited to bring somebody in and they want to integrate that 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 person in their lives. And it's just all of a sudden a dump on the children of there's this person in their lives that's actually taking attention away from them. But I think a slow introduction and really just a phase in, let's mm. call it a phase in, just gets helps them acclimate to the idea and get them to see, okay, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, they're still getting this amount of attention and it's not this really complete about face all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. The, the jarring nature of it all, I think is probably really confusing to them, probably more so than on the adults. It's gotta be, there's no question about it. It's gotta be, yeah. they don't understand all the nuances of it that sometimes relationships don't work out and, you know, relationships don't all have to go towards marriage either. Exactly. Very tough. Very tough. Okay. Well, write us your New Year's resolutions or your new marriage resolutions. So that's a really good question, Noam, of what would you do differently or expect or want differently for a second go around, even if there's no potential second go around right now? It's still a worthwhile question to ask yourself. And to always ask yourself, absolutely. I mean, even if you're just on the dating scene, to think about those things right? You never know where relationships go to be aware of them. Yeah. And to, even if you're not getting into a marriage, you know, in the next year or anything, just to think about those things, to be aware of them. And then my add-on would be, be specific about what you do or don't want, and then figure out what your part is. So, you know, what part did you have in the contention and the, the fighting? And did, did you tend to yell first or not? And whatever it is, the issue you're trying to avoid or get, be specific and then find your part. That's my advice. Excellent advice. Thank you, Sheva, very much. Okay. Happy 2021. Happy 2021, everyone. Remember to reach out to us at the Jewish Divorce Project at gmail.com or the Jewish Divorce Project.com. And you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram at the Jewish Divorce Project. Follow us, like us, check us out, listen to our shows. We'd love to have your uh, thoughts and feedback. Mm-hmm.